Speaker Talks, Spody Odie Dopalicious by Outcast. Hi, I'm Jamila Rouser. I do a lot. So I'm um, one of the co-founders of Geek Girl Brunch, which is a international meetup group for women. Um, and it's been going on for about three years. And um, I'm also the founder, creator of Straight Outta Gotham um, that I run with Jamar, Souza, and it's kind of this um, hip hop and geek culture project. Um, a lot of it is we focus on like the the um, connections between geek culture and hip hop, specifically through a lot of the lyrics. Um, and I am slowly working on writing uh, some comics, which haven't been out yet. Uh, and I used to have a blog called Girl Gone Geek Blog. So yeah. <laughs> so we're here to talk about a song that's uh, extremely near and dear to my heart. I would say it's like a top three song ever, if not top two, uh, Outcast's Spodiote Dopalicious off Equimini. What yeah. made you pick this song? It's definitely one of my favorite songs ever as well. I love Outcast, and um, I think it was one of the first songs that really, um, like I really connected with the storytelling or really like fell uh, really deep into the storytelling of the song. Um, and it's, it's sort of like entrancing too. Like it always takes me there visually as if I'm reading a story and I see the scene and, and all of that play out. Um, and it's just really dope. Like they're so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember how old you were when you first heard it? Oh geez. I don't even know. I don't think I was, I don't think I heard it when it first came out though. Cause I was sort of introduced, like I knew about outcasts, um, for most of their hits. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't really until Stankonia, the Stankonia album that I really, like, I bought it and I fell in love with them. And then I sort of retraced their, their, like, albums and started to listen to those. So I was definitely, like, late high school, like, in late teens, probably. This song, uh, it really takes you there visually. Yeah, it's sort of, like, re-listening to it, um this week too, I sort of, so initially I always get taken to this club that Andre and Big Boy are at. Um, and I see a lot of like blues and purples, like it's nighttime. I'm in the parking lot, then I'm inside the club. Like I'm, I'm visually like there with them and I see very, it's a very specific club and it never changes throughout the years I've listened to this song. But then listening again, the beginning with the, um, like the damn, uh, verse. Yeah. I feel like I'm actually at a like bar with a live like band um, playing because like of the drums and the horns and the um, the like the women singing and, and Andre and I feel like they are performing and I'm in this you know small little bar um, and then I'm taken to the club. <laughs> so it's like these like double levels that I that I see when I hear the song like it's one of the songs like I don't always like see the the story that some of the songs are are describing um which I think is really a testament to like how good their storytelling is but mm -hmm. with this song I always I always am taken there what did you think about Andre's verse like overall I like Andre's verse um it's it's funny to me too which is kind of why i like it um he especially like uh, like you could tell he's drunk 
and that maybe he's not the most like reliable narrator. <laughs> <laughs> Why the DJ sweat not all the problems and troubles of the day? Why this fine bow-legged girl finds all like those loves lukewarm lullabies in your left ear, competing with set it off in the right, but it all blends perfectly. Let the liquor tell it. But it's sort of like, um, compared to like Big Boy's verse, it's a little less like, um, it's a little more like lighthearted in a way where he's just like, there's this, the lukewarm lullabies in your left ear competing with set it off in your right is just like one of the, my favorite, favorite uh, lines from him. Um, I don't know. It just really takes me, like, I feel like I'm him. Like, I feel like he's like the narrator and, I, and I'm him as he's experiencing this. Um, What do you see when you, like, do you see anything when you listen to the song, like the storytelling? It's almost, um, you know, there are some music videos, like after The Matrix came out, where it was like one person walking through a bunch of frozen people, or like looking at a scene Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. camera's switching and looking at different angles. Uh, I'm even doing like the camera motion with my hand right now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But it reminds me of that, where it's just like this, tapestry uh of just people like doing things like there's just stuff going on and you're like the observer yeah yeah and that's extremely cool like he he ends it on kind of a funny note you know with like the one guy you know freaking out and he's just like but that's just my interpretation of the situation Mm -hmm. and like that's just like such a player way to end a verse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i i think also what i liked was he uh it's it's a very specific um, story, like event, like a very specific night. But it's something that everybody or a lot of people can sort of relate to, like going to club, especially when you're young and everybody got like a Hollywood court that, you know, they might go to after a party. Uh, people are always popping off and like, you know, somebody might get into a fight. Like a lot of these things have happened. A lot of these things are uh, situations people have experienced. Mm-hmm. Um but it doesn't necessarily ruin the night. It's just like, yeah, fight happened. Somebody got shot. That's just like kind of how it is. And three niggas just done got hauled off in the ambulance. Two niggas done start busting. One nigga done took his shirt off talking about. Now who else want to fuck with Hollywood Coke? Which is sort of like related to the whole like damn um, hook. Uh, which like, is really. Like it's a shame. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're having a great time, and then at the end of the night, somebody's getting hauled off in an ambulance. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Hollywood Court was actually a super tough uh, projects in Atlanta back in the oh, day. Oh, really? That's in like the first like few years that I listened to it, I thought he was saying Hollywood Cole. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was a person. But it still made sense. Like, I thought the person was like, who want to fuck with me? Yeah. Um, like, bring it on. And then later I just kind of realized it wasn't that. And But it still worked either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we talked a little bit about Sleepy Brown's chorus and Andre's verse. Let's just go straight to Big Boy's verse next. Like, Oh, my gosh. It's like one of my favorite Big Boy verses ever. Um, it's It's so... Uh, it's so descriptive with like a lot of the um, visuals he takes you through and there's all these different senses that he kind of goes through when he meets his his woman or this woman um, like he starts off with 
how she's like kind of just gliding through um what he's a stallion on roller skates yeah <laughs> right so you're just like all right this is already like he's already this isn't <laughs> this is gonna be like really ridiculous how he describes <laughs> Um, the hot comb through nappy ass hair was like one of my favorites. So it's like this smooth, like gliding. Then there's the heat of the hot comb. He gets like paralyzed, blinded by her. I think he said her eyes were shining like diamonds or something. Yeah, like four carats a piece. Yeah, just blinding nigga. And the yams. Um, she's her neck smelling sweeter than a plate of yams. So it's like also him getting close enough to smell her neck, and then like every like everybody loves like candy yams and yeah. just like the extra syrup. <laughs> like, yeah, then you want to then you want to eat yams when he's like describing this. So there's that like taste and smell there, um, but at the end it's like he this this whole interaction is what ended up bringing another life into the world because he had a, a baby with her. Um, which is like, maybe that's why this experience is so intense for him um, because of the connection that he had when he first saw her. Yeah. And I like how it balances the, I mean, I'm just the hunger, I guess, of mm. meeting someone mm. new and wanting to be close to them with like, now you've got responsibility. Yeah. 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 And even though like the way he ended it, it went from this like, you know, you're just sucked into him meeting this woman. And then um, he starts talking about the responsibility to being a father and then just kind of goes on a sort of lecture. Like he's talking to these guys who um, dope sellers and, you know, they have kids that they're maybe not taking care of. Uh, and the last line of um, what is it being in the trap? Uh, then you're just stuck in the trap. What is it? Now you're back in the trap and you're yeah. just that trap. Just trapped and i remember hearing that and just being like damn like yeah. <laughs> i said that to myself which is funny because that's like the hook um and it's like with sleepy brown and like the cops showing up with andre and the guy getting hauled off in an ambulance and then with big boy and then this whole like you know talking about the trap they're all like they end with the whole like damn like what a shame yeah um, theme but they're all different in their own way um but they're still sort of connected like with the hood um and the experience a lot of like black folks you know have so yeah yeah one thing i really appreciated about big boys first uh i found out later that like i think this song was one of the ones they recorded during the previous album sessions and then like oh. you know, they punched it up for equipment i just like oh. how a lot of st onions from the equipment i sessions but, oh. like, he had just had a kid. Like, this is, like, real life for him. Wow. And it forced him to kind of grow up while they were on tour as, like, oh. 19, 21-year-old dudes. Jeez. I didn't realize he was that young when he had a kid. Yeah. They uh, yeah. they got, like, as a band, they, I think their first album, they were 19 or so. Yeah, they were young. And then Dang. imagine being that young and being thrown into the machine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when did you realize that this song doesn't rhyme, like, ever? Oh my gosh. Just I now? don't think I ever realized it until <laughs> just now. I never thought about it. Wow. Yeah. I no, think that's I one of the coolest things about the song is that it feels <laughs> so melodic, even still. And it's all yeah. the accent and the music. Uh huh. I never realized it. I think I was just so stuck. Maybe because it was such a story and I was so, um, like, 
engulfed in it yeah <laughs> that i never <laughs> thought of it like like i know it's a song but it's sort of like also different from a song to me so i didn't think of uh you know does this rhyme or you know how does it flow i just get sucked into it in a different way yeah um, but yeah that's just how good they are I mean. yeah i couldn't believe it <laughs> like and i love uh sleepy brown like every he's sort of like like a georgian camp low where like they mm-hmm. have that 70s black exploitation sound down to the point where it sounds like it could come out today His voice is so smooth. Yeah, it's it's bugged out. Every every hook, like he just blesses it. <laughs> but I, I I really like that this song is kind of about getting older, uh, like especially mm-hmm. as a black man, because mm-hmm. it's Andre like looking back at something he used to do, you know, yeah. uh, when he was first getting his taste of the nightlife, and Big Boy's looking back at when he met you know the lady that would become his wife later, and the mother of his kids. Like there's something cool about guys doing this kind of a song as opposed to like a normal club song yeah like this is what i used to do yeah yeah but yeah. i think that's part of the fun of outcasts is that they're real you know like the marketing is like andre's the poet and big boy's the pimp but really they're both pimps and poets <laughs> in yeah. like different uh different ratios yeah and like even like what i always appreciated about them is that it like it seemed like whatever they talked about was pretty genuine yeah like they weren't trying to make a hit because like you know talking about drugs or you know degrading women sell sold they were just like talking about real life situations yeah (laughs) (laughs) do you have a favorite part of the song like the one part that never fails to get you hyped up or you have to sing along with um it's probably man it's tough it's just because of the order that it comes in it's probably going to be lukewarm lullaby Mm -hmm. um but also i really like the um sort of like ad-libs andre does uh when he starts talking about like the the shooting um, oh when he's like wham wham for the uh gunshots yeah i really like that too uh it's probably gonna be lukewarm lullabies it's so like it's so smooth yeah (laughs) It's just so smooth. And then I really like um, when Big Boy, uh, the smelling sweeter than a plate of yams with extra syrup. Yeah. Uh, those are like my favorite ones. Yeah, me too. And just in fact, the fact that he invented Spodiote Dopalicious for his angel is yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sweet. I'm like, what is this? Like, just looking at the track, I'm like, what is this song about? Yeah. Like, what is this Spodiote <laughs> angel? But I don't know, but I want to be it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, when I first met my Spodiote, Dopalicious angel, I can remember that damn thing like yesterday. The way she moved reminded me of a brown stallion horse with skates on, you know. Smooth like a hot comb on nap-ass hip. Speaker Talks. <laughs>